high pop fly. That one be a home run in a phone booth. Mike, were you really sick this week? What was the problem? I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You broke my back, back is broken. Let me answer that. You know, that is an absolute crock of You know, you and people in the news media, all of you uh, dwell on some negative piece of like that. And I don't know how Steve feels about it, but it just, and you don't have to bleep one single word of this. There's three quarterbacks in this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, we'll back them up. Period. Cut and dry. It's nobody's concern but ours. Nobody's. Next. This is the Day in Sports on WBAD Sports Talk Radio, Washington, D.C. Welcome in to the show, WBAD Sports Radio. The Day in Sports is with you live. The Tuesday in Sports. The Tuesday in Sports. That's good thinking. Yeah. Adam Hawking here. Ben Sherman next to me. Ben, how are you? Yonder Mountain String Band. I'm good. New location. Uh, brand new studio known as My House. Uh, we've got an infant sleeping in the next room. We've got a dog and cat quarantined two rooms behind us. So if they're screaming, barking, meowing, yowling, or anything like that, there's nothing to worry about. It's just, it's just run-of-the-mill stuff at the Hawking House. You can chat with us, guys, uh, at wbad.net slash sportschat. Follow us. Follow The Day in Sports on Twitter at tdis underscore humblebrag. TheDayInSports.com is where you can read our articles, columns, vote in our polls, videos, things like that. Well, Ben, we've got a lot to talk about. We do. We've got NBA playoffs. We've got NHL playoffs. Yeah. But I did a mock draft, which has not yet launched on TheDayInSports.com. Okay. So I wanted to go through it. A little preview for the listeners. Sneak peek? A little sneak peek. Like in an alley when a homeless guy pulls his pants down? Sneak peek? Who hurt you, Ben Sherman? A lot of people. Who hurt you? So many. Um, but first, I want to go through a few draft philosophies Yeah. before we necessarily get to the picks. As far as absolute approaches go? Yeah. So, given my ample time in draft war rooms, which equals zero days. Yeah. Um, just Except, wanted... Oh, wait, but we, we will have more experience once we go see Kevin Costner's new movie. Draft Day. Yeah. I love this job. It'll be just like the war room. I actually read a review of that, and it... I think it looks terrible. People are giving it more credit. I think they feel bad for Costner. I'm going to see it, but it's only because most of everything else that's out right now is pretty awful anyways. And there I really just like isn't anything. I was searching for something this weekend to go uh, with Amanda, my wife. Yeah. We were back in the hometown of Marshfield, Wisconsin, Metropolis. Nothing out there, except that weird Johnny Depp movie. It's a city in the center. That's true. Well, they don't get movies until you know about four months after they debut everywhere else. Still working on the Pony Express in Marshfield. Yeah, they are. Um... But a few draft philosophies. Okay, Ben? Yes, I'm ready. These are hard and fast. Uh, One, I don't think you reach for a need, um, because if you reach, it's more likely that the guy you get doesn't pan out, and then you haven't filled the need that you set out to address in the first place. So, good example, first pick, a lot of times you want to take a quarterback. If you don't believe in the quarterback that's there, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there's any reason to take that quarterback. You know, to stretch it out. Yeah, just if if you just think, well, we need a quarterback, but if there's a prime prospect like let's say Jadavion Clowney, Mm -hmm. I think you take Clowney, uh, and then you know you go and you draft maybe a quarterback in the second or the third round. But it doesn't do anybody any good to go. And say reach for Bridgewater or Menzel or whatever like that in the, with the first pick. Did you hear today, uh, officially on Sports Center, we've all been pronouncing his name wrong? It's not Jadavion. What is it? Jadavion. 
Nuh-uh. Yeah. Who came up with that? I don't know. I saw it. Kevin Nagandi told me this morning. He said he got an email about it. Nagandi <laughs> got an email? I guess. They all got emails. Who apparently. emailed him? I don't know. The, the supreme being that operates ESPN from uh, the mothership floating about 200 kilometers above Earth's surface. <laughs> uh, second draft rule that you must follow okay. in my world. Um, I think you want to try to build units of your team into like absolute strengths. You right. need to build uh, the strongest part. You need to build something into what can you hang your hat on as yeah. a team. I'll give you an example. 49ers have sunk a lot of draft resources into their front seven and their offensive line. Uh, the Seahawks into their defense, particularly uh, particularly their secondary. And then the Rams uh, with like Robert Quinn, Michael Brockers, uh, Chris Long into uh, the defensive line. Yeah. So I think if you can make one unit truly dominant, it helps every other unit on the team. I agree. I, I mean, you gotta you don't start one project, um, you don't start another project before you finish the one you started before it kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I get it. And then I think building in the trenches uh, from what we've seen over the last few years is, is important. It's kind of, it's, it's what wins. We saw, uh, or we've seen over the last four games, the 49ers have dominated the Packers, mm-hmm. um, for that specific reason, mm-hmm. because they're better on the D line and the offensive line. The Packers are better at receiver. They're better at quarterback. They're better at the skill positions, right? But San Francisco's more dominant in the trenches, which is where, I mean, a lot of, uh, NFL coaches will kind of stipulate that, that's where games are won and lost is in the trenches. You got to start there. That's where you kind of build out from there. You know, worry about the the skill positions later, and deal with the the big men first. And then I think, uh, right, I, I agree with you. And I think I think another example is Seattle crushing Denver in the Super Bowl, forty three to eight. Right. Obviously, it was the trenches that determined that game. You know, if you're looking at quarterback and skill players, Denver was historically good. Certainly, much better than Seattle. Yeah. But. 35 points worse on the scoreboard because they couldn't compete where the big hog mollies reside. The hog mollies, the Red Bryants of the world. Yes. Who's now no longer with Seattle. I thought that was a mistake, but whatever. We'll get into that. Red Bryant? We'll get into Red Bryant. And Red Green, too? Yeah, and Graham Green. Okay. Um, And I think the best player available... Excuse me, some allergies. The best player available theory is kind of a nice theory, but I think it needs to be amended slightly. Yeah. It should be best player at a position of need, right? So you don't just arbitrarily take a cornerback with your first pick if you're Seattle. Yeah. Um, so if you need a corner safety and an offensive tackle, let's say those are your three top needs, take the best combination of, uh, of fitting a glaring need and the best prospect. So if those are your three needs, you don't just take the best player available that's a running back. Right. Right. Exactly. I know. I see. I understand. Eye to eye. Um, Okay, so are you ready to actually talk teams now? I will be as soon as I prepare myself. I think I'm ready now. You're prepared? Officially. Okay. Uh, the Houston Texans. Yeah. Number one mm-hmm. on the board. Okay. In the draft. Yeah. Of the NFL. Of the NFL. Um, I have them. So this, I did, I did a while back uh, of who should they take yeah. top ten. Now, mm-hmm. this is who I think they actually will take. Yeah. Um, for the Texans, it matches up in both. I think they'll take Clowney, and I think they should take Clowney. You think so? I do. Okay. What's your thought? I ho- I think that that would probably be like the most, you know, reasonable and probably the smartest decision on their part to make. It's it's building kind of from the inside out, starting you know in the trenches there. Um, Mario Williams was a big blockbuster defensive lineman for them years ago, but since then, 
you know, especially this last season, the J.J. Watts of the uh, of the Texans, those players didn't really shine through as much as you'd like them to. I think the addition of a freak athlete like that would really uh, add a whole new dimension to their team. It's funny because the Mario Williams draft is very similar in that there's a freak defensive end mm-hmm. uh, at the top of the draft where the Texans are picking number one, yep. so Clowney and Williams, and there's a home state quarterback that they're going to have pressure to take back then in 06, whatever it was. It was Vince Young. Why? Now it's Johnny Manziel. Yeah. So I think the pressure will be high on Houston to take Manziel. But if I'm in the war room or I'm running that organization, to me the pressure is greater to get the right player yeah. with the top pick. Well, and, and I don't see um, – what is it, Bill O'Brien now? Yeah, from Penn State. I don't see Bill O'Brien reaching for anything. He's not – he doesn't seem like a guy that gets too easily rattled or, you know, overly excited and makes those kinds of errors in judgment. Uh, seems pretty calm, cool, and collected for the most part. I think that he's going to really look at it logically and, and take what's best for their organization right off the bat. And don't you think a guy like that, I mean, I guess there's two ways you could look at it. He's kind of a quarterback guru, worked with Tom Brady. You might think he's anxious to take a, a guy number one, or, and this is kind of what I lean towards, he thinks maybe I can get a developmental guy in round two or three, yeah. and with my talents as a quarterback guru, I'll be able to make him into what I want him to be, and we can steal Clowney number one. What if they trade back? You don't think that'll happen? It's hard to say. I don't think it'll happen just because Clowney is rare. Yeah. He's the type of prospect that I haven't seen I'm before. Little, I'm just a little bit concerned about his the strength issue with him. I mean, he's really fast, obviously, and, and he's got the proportions, but his bench press reps were pretty unimpressive. Yeah, he only did 21, which is, I mean, there's receivers and running backs that did more. Brock Vereen, um, the Minnesota Vikings uh, safety that that's, uh, went to the combine, did more. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess that's a little alarming. What I would say is his a lot of times guys with super long arms struggle yeah. with the bench press. Yeah. Um, and super hairy vaginas. <laughs> super, yep. Oh, man. That was, that was politically correct. That was just an anatomical reference. Yep. yep. That was, that's just fine. Yeah. Um, with super hairy. Yeah. Um, but I do think... You really threw me off. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> I love doing that. Um, but I don't know. I just think his speed coming off the edge, the acceleration, yeah. I think that's what his game is built on. Mm-hmm. And I think as a pure pass rusher... I, I think I think he has functional strength. Maybe it doesn't show up in the bench press. Right. But I think he's the type of athlete that is just going to be impossible for one guy, especially a, a 315-pound offensive tackle, to handle. Mm-hmm. You, so I guess my concern with him is that, you know, because I feel like in the NFL, as a defensive lineman, you need to have, like, six or seven different moves or attributes that you can utilize to get past those offensive linemen. Because those guys are, for all intensive purposes... Um, and by that I mean intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, the biggest, strongest, probably most athletic people in the field in, in offensive linemen. I mean, guys that are 300-some pounds, that move the way they do, bench press more than anybody else out there. Um, if they get their hands on him, my concern is he's not going to be able to, to wriggle loose. Yeah, I mean, Clowney isn't without his faults. I would just say I think the first step is going to neutralize a lot of the things that he doesn't have coming off the line. I just think... I mean, a guy that's 265 pounds running a 4.47 mm-hmm. is just unheard of. And I think the left tackle is going to have to be able to get his hands on him in order mm-hmm. to block him. I'm yeah. not sure he's going to be able to do that. And I think also guys like Mario Williams or Julius Peppers, you know, came into the league as freak athletes and then 
had to learn to kind of hone their skills. Yeah. Peppers, for instance, has become a much better run defender since he's uh, gotten in the league. But I think if you look at raw materials, I've never seen a guy like Clowney before. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and that's not to say, I mean, he couldn't bulk up either. I think they're going to want him to put on some weight. 265 isn't ideal. Um, I, I think they'd probably like to get him closer to 285, 290. And I wonder if he lost a little bit of weight just to be faster for the 40. I'm sure he did. Um, because that's the wow event of the yeah. combine, especially for a, you know a defensive end. Well, and that's the one that everyone kept. That's the event that everyone, as far as he was concerned, had their eyes on. Everyone was talking about and really yeah. wondering what he was going to do. So, I mean, for him, it was probably a good play, but he's got to bulk up a little bit more, I think. And I think that event is probably what locked him into the number one pick. Yeah. Um, just a quick note on the Texans. They've lost Ben Tate. Matt Schaub is uh, in Oakland now. Arian Foster kind of oft injured. So the offense does need help. Yeah. I just feel like you can't really pass up Clowney. And it's a weird spot because the Texans, up until last year, had been perennial playoff team. Yeah. And then fell off the map. So they were a you... Super Bowl pick last year yeah. for some people. Yeah, I think I had them in my AFC title game. Yeah. Oops. Um, Oopsie. So where do you see the where do you see Houston right now? Uh, I mean, there's enough. I feel like there's enough potential and and, and a, a good number of pieces there that you know they could get themselves back into at least that conversation in the AFC South. Um, they've got a lot to contend with now that the Colts are kind of back. Come back around with Andrew Luck, um, but for the most part, I think if they can put together a, a decent scheme and a talented, you know, roster, there's no reason they shouldn't contend for, if not the the title in that division, you know, a, a wild card spot coming out of the AFC. Why not? Yeah, I think I think it's going to have to be Clowney one. Yeah, and then AJ McCarron, Derek Carr, whoever's there. I in, certainly in the don't round. think that the, any of those quarterbacks deserve the, to be the first overall pick. Okay. I don't. Okay. Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. I pick number two. Now, originally that pick belongs to St. Louis. Yep. I projected a trade basically for my own fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also <laughs> think it makes a lot of sense. Um, one, St. Louis has had numerous first and second round picks over the last few years because of the RG3 trade. So, yep. uh, And they also they have Sam Bradford. So for, for St. Louis, being in number two is not imperative because they don't have to take a quarterback. Oh, yeah, they don't need that pick at all. They could use it as leverage for whatever they want. Right, and if they can stockpile even more later picks, I, I just think that team is very well positioned. I'd be shocked if they didn't trade it, to be honest with you. Yeah, if they, if they have a partner, it, it makes sense to me. And I think Atlanta, on the other side of things, would be eager to move up to number two, either to get Clowney or to get the guy I have them taking in Khalil Mack. Because um, I really like Khalil Mack, and I think Atlanta needs kind of a transformational player on defense yeah. to, to take what is a milk toast unit yeah. and kind of turn it around. Featuring uh, Ray Edwards, former Vikings defensive end. He's still there. Huge signing. I don't know. He <laughs> might be in a garbage can somewhere. <laughs> but what do you think uh, if Atlanta were to move up and grab Khalil Mack? Uh, Khalil Mack, I think, is certainly worthy of you know a top three, top five pick. Um, you don't often see, like you said, a transformational defensive player or a game-changing linebacker like that come along every year, you know? So I think that's something that a team like Atlanta needs to jump at. They've lost a little bit of fire here over the last few years. Um, Another, for whatever reason, another team that a lot of people thought would be headed to, you know, possibly a conference championship and ended up winning two games all season. Yeah, I mean, the year prior, they were in the conference title game, really probably should have beaten San Francisco. They were up 
I don't know, 17 to three or, or some such nonsense and yeah. then lost that game. And it's almost like they had a conference title game hangover until, you know, through the next season. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was just a very, very coy game of possum they played. Uh, <laughs> really good game. sold us all on it. They really sold me. Yeah, they did. Um, but I think if they get Mac, uh, like you said, the, you know, he, he's worthy of being a top five pick. Um, and just, we, we've seen in the last few drafts or, or maybe over the last five, ten years, getting a linebacker that's ready right away. Yeah. Um, those guys tend to translate very well to the NFL. Yeah. Luke, Luke Keekley, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, guys like that. Yeah. Just ready to play and make an impact. And as bad as they were uh, last year, I think, I think if Atlanta gets a little bit of health on offense, Julio Jones back, yeah. primarily Roddy White. Yep. Um, they're not going to have Tony Gonzalez, but they've got Matt Ryan. If they can get the defense kind of righted, then I think Khalil Mack goes a long way. Mm-hmm. They're right back uh, in the playoff chase. Plus, I really don't think I, I really like Tony Gonzalez. I think he's one of the greatest at that position to ever play the game. But a reliable tight end isn't the most difficult thing to find. No, and it wasn't. He wasn't, you know, Mister Explosive anymore. No. He was a nice target, big target, very sure-handed, uh, ran very crisp routes. But he, his speed, you know, had obviously declined a little bit. Um, I think that they have a lot of options at that at that position. Get Matt Ryan kind of a, a nice safety valve or uh, or baby blanket, as it were, make him feel a little bit more comfortable. Julio Jones was, I mean, a lot of people forget, leading the NFL in in uh, all receiving categories, I believe, at least the major ones, until he got hurt. Yeah, I think he's a special talent, and you he know, looks like a, a shark kind of. His face does. He does. Do the Julio. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts, lastly, on the Falcons about. Matt Ryan and the future. I think he's about 29 years old, so yeah. he's still in his prime. Yeah. Obviously a, a good quarterback, but he doesn't give me the warm fuzzies. No. You know what I mean? He I, used I, to, I guess, for me. He used to fuzz you up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, just a little bit. Or, or at least, like, so calm, cool, and collected. Didn't make a ton of mistakes. Um, great under pressure. But he just hasn't really had that as much anymore. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, I, I think, enough. I don't know. And, you know, the thing that strikes me about this draft is that there's a lot of teams well-positioned to kind of do the worst, you know, to first thing and, yeah. and turn it around with, with one, one good draft. Yeah. Now, Ben. Are we to the Vikings yet? Are we close? Not, not quite yet, but are it's time to pay some bills. Are we there yet? Yeah. Are you ready? I am ready. To, are you ready to pay some bills for us? I am so ready. I've paid bills really well for myself so far, so why not try doing it for someone else? Okay. Um, but... As far as that goes, uh, this broadcast is brought to you in part by FanDuel.com. Uh, football season is coming, folks. And if you're into fantasy football like you're, we are, you're going to want to hear this. Guy in Detroit, 26 years old, big into fantasy football, won over a half million dollars in playing daily leagues here at FanDuel.com. You can pick a new team every day, get immediate cash payouts. It's the hottest thing in fantasy football right now. Head on over to FanDuel.com. No season-long commitment. Brand new contests every single day. FanDuel is going to pay out over $50 million in winnings this year. So we want you to head over there now, get your share of that. Right now, FanDuel is giving WBAD Sports Radio listeners a 100% matching deposit at sign-up. So here's what you got to do. Just go to FanDuel.com, click on the yellow box in the top right-hand corner of your screen, enter the promo code WBAD. Fancy that. You're off to the races. That's FanDuel.com, upper right-hand corner, and enter the promo code WBAD, and you're golden. That was a professional read. 
I feel pretty good about it. That's not a run-of-the-mill okey-doke type of read. I did have a really nice massage this afternoon. I think that might have had something to do with it. You're just loosened up from it? No, I lied. I didn't have that done. Okay. Well, let's get back to business. Back down to it. Off of FanDuel, which is cool. It is cool. Actually, and um, just as a, a random factoid about FanDuel, you can also do fantasy baseball if that's your poison. I, don't, I think th- I'm intimidated by fantasy baseball. It's too much work for me. It's a lot of many, warps and many, stuff like that. It's too many moving parts. Risps and uh, slugging percentages and stuff. I barely uh, am able to manage my fantasy football team, but if you are a baseball genius that's capable of such things, why not give it a whirl? I just go by mustaches yeah. in, in baseball. Yeah. You got one, you're golden. So Raleigh Fingers is still at the top of your list. He's up there. Yeah. He's up there. Um, back to the draft. Like we were saying, a lot of teams that could go from worst to first, given just the parity in the league, and I think there's a lot of talented teams that maybe just need one piece. Just uh, like my favorite team. But Are we one, there yet? One of those teams <laughs> is not the Jacksonville Jaguars, oh. who I have selecting the guy that you want for your Minnesota Vikings. No. Johnny Manziel. No way. No way. Why? I just don't think it'll happen. Let me explain my rationale. They're too afraid of being the pariahs of the league continually. Let me, let me let me let me talk. Just just let me see it. All okay. Right, fine. So Jacksonville, obviously, they need a quarterback. Yeah. And more importantly, they need to remind the rest of the league that they still exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Johnny Football potentially remedies both of those issues. Now, I'm not sold personally on Bortles or Bridgewater uh, or Manziel, but I think Jacksonville is so needy for a playmaker. They need the type of quarterback that can carry you, right? Yeah. That can do it with his arm and with his legs. Yeah. And kind of be the focal point of your offense, both okay. passing and rushing. And okay. Manziel's the only one of the top three that can do that. All right. So I think he fits uh, because from that perspective because Jacksonville has to get a high ceiling pick. Right. They have to get a guy that, if he works out, could be a transformational figure. All right. You know, a lot of people wanted them, uh, you know, a couple years ago to sign Tim Tebow. The reason they didn't do that is because Tim Tebow sucks. They should have signed Tim Tebow. It but was, that would have been strictly ten times more tickets. Right, it's like that, from that area. But too. that would have been strictly a, a ticket sale gimmick, and I'm saying Manziel has the the potential to be not only a ticket sale gimmick, but also a good football player. The funny thing about that is they didn't go with the ticket sale gimmick, and they still are like the worst team on this current planet. Yeah, it didn't so, work. Funny for them. But I'm just saying, I think Manziel could potentially satiate both. Thirst, yeah. the one for a relevant football team marketing-wise and an actual good football team on the field. Slake those thirsts. Yeah. Uh, here's my thing. Here's what I think will happen if that's really the, the pick that Jacksonville goes with. You want to hear it? Yeah. I think Johnny Manziel sees that happen. He pulls the Eli Manning and just refuses to go there. I could see that. I could see nobody wants to end up there. Nobody wants to go there. That place is a garbage pile in Florida that basically, I mean, how they even are self-sustaining is beyond me. I'm sure it's just a money pit at this point. Tom Hanks knows about that. <laughs> yes, he does. There's been talk about Jacksonville to London, mm-hmm. to Los Angeles. Yeah. So I think Manziel, you know, is kind of the last-ditch effort to save the franchise. Yeah. Um, I'm still convinced, though, that he will refuse to go there. I mean, if he's got a half a brain in his head, which apparently he does, his Wonderlic score wasn't terrible. Yeah, that's true. We got like a 32. 32. Pretty good. Pretty Almost solid. as good as me. I had a 57. Out of 50. Yeah. Hard to do. Yeah, it is. Um, on the positive side, the Jags did add Red Bryant. Yeah. Who we talked about. I told you we'd get Poor to Poor Red. Poor Red, but hey, he getting paid. Uh, Chris Clemens, also from Seattle. Good mm-hmm. pass rusher. Ziggy Hood. So they, you know, three potential starters to the D-line. Zane Beatles comes over at guard from Denver. Zane Beatles. Um, so they're building in the trenches. They are. And then they signed Toby Gerhardt uh, <laughs> at running back, who... 
people have been putting him above Chris Johnson in their fantasy outlook. Maybe just because the Jags won't have anything to do except turn it and hand it to I mean, turn, turn and hand to Toby. I, one thing Toby does well, I think, and, and to be fair, he's never really gotten a starting shot. Um, but he, between the tackles, he's durable and he's got uh, straight line speed. That's good enough. I mean, he's not going to hit a lot of home runs for you like Chris Johnson will. But at the same time, he uh, takes a shot. He's not going to fall into pieces. So that's the Jags. We're going to come back on the other side of the break with some Cleveland Browns talk. You are listening to WBAE Sports Radio. This is the Day of Sports. Listening to the Capital City's best sports talk, WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. Tastes great too. Bully Bling Energy Drink. All of the and none of the. You can find us at bullyblingenergy.com. Sports Talk Radio. WBAD Sports. Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the show, WBAD Sports Radio, the day in sports. We are mock drafting. Mock. Don't mock me. From the comfort of our own couches. You always mock me. I know. So anyways, don't uh, mock too hard, but why don't we pick up where we left off? Cleveland Browns. Number four. Take the Browns to the Super Bowl? I think I can. I do that almost every day. Yeah? <laughs> oh, God. I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch yeah. it. It was a poop woo, reference. Wrong uh, with a little poop. So I got the Browns taking Sammy Watkins, receiver from Clemson. A little higher than I would normally advise uh, taking a receiver, but I think he's pretty special. A lot of the draft nicks 
who know more than I do, uh, you know, have said that he's the best prospect since Calvin Johnson. I think the Browns are pretty loaded defensively. So, you know, they, they definitely need a quarterback, but like I've been preaching, I'm not real sold on any of the top three guys. Preach on. So I think if you get Watkins, you can pair him uh, with Josh Gordon, Jordan Cameron, newly added Ben Tate at running back. Yeah. Who I knew is one of your favorite guys. I do like Ben Tate. Um, and How did you know that? I, we've been doing this for a while. Oh, that's true. So I just think if you can build that offense, uh, you know, you'd have uh, Gordon, who was number two in receiving last year. You know, like I said, good tight end, good running back. Uh, and then involve Watkins, you'd have maybe one of the best skill groups in the league that's mm-hmm. kind of ready-made for that quarterback. Yeah. That's one of my things, too. I guess I should have put that in the draft philosophy is you don't want to get a quarterback and then put him in completely over his head mm-hmm. unless you're Jacksonville and you have no choice. Right. Um, so I think it's better to build the roster and then get the quarterback in there once the talent is already there. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, all those little safety blanket things don't hurt, you know, having a new quarterback come in, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, having a decent running back, having veteran players in place or people that have at least played before um, is great. And I think that uh, no matter what, though, Cleveland's still going to suck. <laughs> Just kind of a cosmic karma. It's, it's just, it's, until, until it happens, I won't believe it, I guess, kind of a thing. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, it's, it's a comedy of errors over there, almost. It always is. Yeah. They have the fourth pick, which will be Watkins, according to me. And they also have the 26th pick, which I think would be a good spot to get that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a Carr, maybe a McCarron, maybe a Mettenberger. Mettenberger? One of those guys. Uh, so I guess you already answered this, but the Browns, I think, could potentially be developing into a playoff team. You don't think so? I do think so. I'm just giving them a hard time. I think that they've got a, a good enough defense in place that they could be in contention in, uh, in um, a division that's kind of on the decline. Right. Pittsburgh kind of seems on the decline. Yeah. It seems like Cincinnati's a little bit stuck in the mud. Baltimore, Joe, Joe Flacco is uh, not... Sucking the, the cap to death. He's not the... The big star that I think everyone thought he would be. Joe Cool. Um, another team that I think has been long in the doldrums, but maybe ready to rise. Okay. Uh, the Oakland Raiders. Coakland. Uh, I've got them taking Greg Robinson, the offensive tackle from Auburn. Okay. Um, and I just feel like Oakland's finally on the right track. Defensively, uh, they brought in Justin Tuck from the Giants, Terrell Brown at corner from the 49ers, mm-hmm. Carlos Rogers, another corner from the 49ers. Yeah. Antonio Smith and Lamar Woodley. So five guys that will probably start or play mm-hmm. key roles for them. And, yeah. and for the most part, those are good veteran players from winning tradition. So I like what they did in free agency. And then they also brought in Matt Schaub, uh, your favorite guy, James Jones. Ooh, James. Uh, Donald Penn, which will help the offensive line. So I think they've done enough mm-hmm. in free agency to be able to approach the draft with the we'll take the best player available type of approach. You know who I think they're going to take? Rich Gannon. I think they're going to trade to the first overall pick and take uh, Taj Boyd. <laughs> just intangibles. Just off you know, the charts. The ghost of Al Davis just shakes its, uh, shakes its chains, and, and lo and behold. If, if, if Al Davis were around, he'd either, I think, pick Sammy Watkins or Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Just speed guys. I think he'd draft Jadavion Clowney and ask him to play quarterback. Perhaps. And feed him a steady diet of, of purple drink, just like Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> um, I think if Greg Robinson comes in, uh, they, they showed, you know, at the combine he ran under a, a five flat 40 at like 330 pounds. Yeah. He's massive. He can play either spot. I think he and the addition of Donald Penn 
James Jones on the outside, plus bolstering the defense. They've got McFadden and Maurice Jones-Drew in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the start of at least a, a pretty solid team that, that would have every chance to go 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and seven. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, you never know what's going to happen in Oakland. That's my biggest thing. It's like We've seen this before. We've seen the potential turnaround before. Oh, yeah. But I think they spent their money sm- smartly, yeah. intelligently. intelligently. Yeah. I worry about their secondary a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Who knows what's going on out there? Well, they, they drafted DJ Hayden, I think, 12th last year, and he was the guy who almost died on the football field and had to get his chest cracked open. Right. Um, Great story. Great story. Not sure if it was the smartest pick at number 12. Right. But I just, I, like I said, I feel like Oakland's done enough to be, they're, like an, they're at the adult NFL table. No. Yeah. They're a real team. <laughs> they're at the adult NFL table. I hope they are, they're all at the adult table at this point. Some they, of them are not. Jacksonville is not. For the amount of money that's being thrown around, Jacksonville is might as well be playing in arena football or maybe for the Grey Cup. Every they could year. probably compete there. Eh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Um, do you think that Schaub can rebound a little bit? Re, you know, kind of reboot his career? Or I mean, because it's a tough division to do it in. I understand that, but he was really pretty good up until last year, and then right. it just. I refuse to believe he forgot how to play football in one year. Right. Well, I mean, you got to look at the the cast of characters around him. I mean, he may have been the only thing holding that team back in previous years, I guess. Um, It's hard to say, but when things kind of went bad, he wasn't the guy that that stepped up. And that's my big concern. Number six, I've got the St. Louis Rams Mm -hmm. via the trade with the Falcons. Uh, I've got them taking Jake Matthews, who's, uh, depending on who you listen to, either the first or second highest rated offensive tackle in the draft. Um, and I think for St. Louis, it'd be a dream scenario to move back to number six. Uh, if they were to do so, they'd probably pick up an extra second rounder in the process and still land one of the top two offensive tackles in the draft, which is a need for them. Right. Um, I would say Matthews is probably the most pro-ready guy on the board. Mm-hmm. He's good in pass protection, which is important for Sam Bradford, who's been injured. You put him with Jake Long kind of at your bookends. Uh, you've got some pretty good pass protection there. Yeah. Um, and then it would allow the guy they re-signed, Roger Saffold, to kick inside to guard. And they'd finally kind of be developing a weak offensive line into a strength. Yeah, or at least something that's not going to be, you know, the reason you're losing The reason you anymore. lose games, yeah. exactly. I think that's important for them. And then I think, you know, they've already got an ultra-talented defense. They've got Zach Stacy, who we both like at running yeah, back. Yeah, I do like Zach Stacy. Um, Tavon Austin probably going to emerge more in his second year. Yeah, an OW. An offensive weapon. Yeah. Yeah, an OG-OW. Um, so I think if they nail their first two, uh, first two first-rounders, they pick again at 13, uh, I feel like the Rams might be a sleeper to pass Seattle and San Francisco and win the West. Am I crazy? Not crazy. They have shown that they are very good at defending their home turf. They play well at home. Um, and you do – I mean, you win – if you win your games at home and go 500 on the road, you're a playoff team, I think. And Seattle lost a lot of talent. San yeah. Francisco, the entire team's going to be in prison by the time yeah. the season starts. Yeah. Making jokes about bombs in airports doesn't get you real far in life, does it? Does it, Fokker? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, bomb, I, bomb, 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 bomb. I think, I, I think the Rams are a sneaky team on the come. I think they are, too. <laughs> I, uh, I like St. Louis a lot. I, like I said, the defense is... Uh, has been better. I think they play well at home. Um, they they're kind of developing an offense, you know, through guys like Tavon Austin, uh, Tavon Austin, um, that are built to play kind of um, in that stadium. Back to the greatest show on turf kind of a deal. 
if that makes any sense to you. Does it? it? Do no. You? No, that makes zero sense to me. Do you remember me. The Greatest Show on Turf? Yeah, I do. Or were you I too, hear Oz Akeem. Were you too jacked up on Quaaludes to even know what was going on? Well, that has never changed. I just watched Wolf of Wall Street. That's the only reason I said that. Does that make sense to you? Well, I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, should I? I heard it was overrated. No, it's really good. It's super good. You'll really like it. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, I think St. Louis is, is on the up and up for sure. Number seven. I'm going to do this quickly. You know I'm going through the motions at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, number seven. Well, I'm going to do this quickly because I know you can see number eight. Yeah, I can. Which is the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Uh, so number seven, we'll just get through this so that Ben's blood sugar stays at a reasonable level. Yeah. I gave them Eric Ebron, tight end from North Carolina. Uh, might surprise some, but I think he's a really talented playmaker. Mike Mayak called him a better athlete overall. Not quite as fast, but better athlete than Vernon Davis. Okay. Pretty high praise. Yeah. I think if you get Doug Martin healthy, you've got Vincent Jackson, Eric Ebron. That's a pretty good trio of playmakers. The defense is really good. They've got Lovey Smith. Yeah. Um, my only question on the Bucks mm-hmm. to you, Ben Sherman. I'm ready. Is who are you starting, McCown or Mike Glennon? I think you got to go with McCown. I knew it. You're an old veteran hand guy. Well, look at the way he played last year. Glennon played very well, and he's your future. But did Glennon win as many games? He didn't have the roster. He doesn't need it. Neither. I mean, it's just about wins. But McCown has never won anything before, except except for last year when he was 34 years old. But he's never really had the chance before. Oh, he's had chances. No, he hasn't. I think he's like 16 in 16 career as a starter. He's never played with a guy named Muscle Hamster before. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you don't get to do that every no. day. No, uh, I, I mean, I just would just, if, if nothing else, let, let Mike Glennon watch a veteran quarterback work. A guy that's been in the league for a long time, clearly is in the league for a reason. He's still getting paid. Teams have an interest in him. Yeah, he got $5 million a year, which is, I mean, that's more tough. than any backup, yeah. but not quite starting level. Boku Bucks. For, I mean, he, Boku he, Bucks? Yeah, Boku Bucks for a backup. Um, I, I, what I would do is let Glennon play the first four or five games. Mm-hmm. Because I do think arm strength, intelligence, he's got it. Right. If you're one and three, one and four, whatever, then then put McCown in. I, I think Levy Smith is not going to wait long. I think you just got to. I think you just got to do a, a competition. Let yeah. Him, let him battle it out and be honest with yourself. Whoever is the better quarterback coming out of training camp can be your starter. That's fair. Deal. Number eight. The team that you have wanted to talk about. What was that? National Geographic, I think. Oh. Something like that. I don't know. Otherwise known as the Minnesota Vikings theme song. Yeah. Um, I've long advocated for the Vikings to take something besides a quarterback. Yes. Just because I think their roster is really close to being complete. If you look at offensively what they've got, Jennings at receiver, Cordero Patterson looks like a, a breakout star. Obviously, Adrian Peterson... They've got the left tackle in Matt Khalil. They did a lot uh, in free agency in terms of bringing in Linval Joseph, mm-hmm. who was one of the better, better D tackles uh, available. Captain Munnerlin, kind of an Antoine Winfield hybrid. I was really excited about that one. Yeah, I think they did two. They, they added two serious upgrade starters on the defense. Yeah. So I've long advocated for them not to just sink this pick into a quarterback, but. If there's only one guy off the board, like I have projected, if, if Manziel's the only guy gone. I don't know how Minnesota stays away when it's such a glaring need. So I have the Vikings taking Blake Bortles. Your QB, thoughts? QB, Central Florida. I think he is the, frame-wise, he's your most prototypical quarterback on the Yeah, board. he looks the part. He does. He's got a, any, you know, he can throw the ball well. He, he had a great, um, great combine. I think 
if you're going to gamble on it, if he's available, I don't, I'm not upset about that pick. I think that's something that's worth rolling the dice on. Uh, much more comfortable with that at 8 than I was with Christian Ponder at 12. Let's put it that way. Yeah, what was your... I, I don't really remember the reaction to that pick as it happened. Were people aghast? Everyone looked at each other and said, Who? Huh? Yeah. What? Come again? What? I, I don't know. I, let's not talk about that. Okay. Uh, bigger and brighter things. I do think... Uh, the new offensive coordinator, Nor- Norv Turner, yeah. has to kind of figure into the pick because he's been consistently excellent at grooming quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, when Alex Smith was in no man's land, mm-hmm. he gave him his only decent year. Yep. He just revived Philip Rivers' career. Yep. Um, you know, he's worked in Dallas. He's worked all over the place as an excellent offensive mind. So I think having Norv Turner gives the Vikings confidence that we draft a, a guy that has the tools we have the coach to bring him along. And look at what he did with next to nothing to work with in Cleveland last year. Yeah. I mean, literally, what was that offense made of? Cardboard? Sandpaper? Cereal? Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, that they put up points against decent teams. What does that tell you? Who knows? It's a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think Norv Turner is, uh, was the best possible selection they could have made at offensive coordinator. If you're going to go with a young quarterback, he's the guy to bring him along. Um, I'd be happy, to be honest with you, with almost any of the top three quarterbacks in this draft at eight. Okay, so I know you love Manziel. He's your guy. Yeah. If he's not there, who do you prefer between Bortles and Bridgewater, who's kind of taken a beat? Like, the thing that's weird to me about Bridgewater is he was the presumptive number one yeah. after the season. Yeah. No football has happened, and <laughs> now people are like, well, he's a second rounder. He Nothing got, happened. He got skinnier, and he pooped his pants. That's Several true. times. Like, he just keeps having these very, you know, they keep talking about how sterile um, a pro day is and how it's all so scripted and it should be really easy to be successful at it. And he just went out there and sucked it up. So, I mean, it's hard to say. At the same time, I don't want to invest too much stock in that kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't be really upset with Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's, out of those three, the biggest project. At this point, because physically you got to bring him up to where he needs to be. He's got to gain some weight. He's got to get stronger. Um, mentally, clearly, he's not uh, as strong as you'd like him to be either. So I, I think if Teddy Bridgewater comes in, he's certainly um, going to be a guy that sits and watches Matt Castle for a year or two. Really? I just feel like I don't understand why the opinion has changed so much on Teddy. I don't think it... Uh, my concern for him is that he's too small, more than yeah. anything. Yeah. And is that is that rectifiable though, or is it just he's I little? I mean, because wouldn't you think over the last four years they'd be feeding him some stuff? He's lost weight since he yeah. got out of school. I don't know what he's been eating, sand. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I would just like to give him the time. Clearly, he's not quite ready yet with the kind of the show that he put on first pro day. Um, pressure has gotten to him a little bit, I think, and and I would rather just you know, nurture him than destroy him immediately by throwing him in there. Yeah, it is maybe a little worrisome that the process maybe got in his head yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's the Vikings. Buffalo Bills, I have taking Mike Evans, receiver from Texas A&M. Tammy, you got, well, this is the third Tammy player coming off the board in the top ten. Ten, in the top nine, yeah. which is, one of my questions was, how did that team lose four games last year when they have a top ten receiver, tackle, and quarterback? Must have been the defense. Uh, nutritionist, that's my guess. Poor nutritionist, poor strength and conditioning. Um, but I think if you look at the Bills, they're talented defensively. 
They clearly need help on offense. I'm not really sold that EJ Manuel's the guy, but I think you've got to give him a full year to see. I don't even know. I remember thinking last year when they started EJ Manuel at quarterback, I was kind of like, what? Well, they picked him 16th, and that was, remember last year, nobody wanted to take anybody in the yeah. first round of the draft, not just quarterbacks. But it was just, just like... pick it all. Everyone just kept trading. Everyone was just kind of like, uh, no, you can go. we trade back? No, you go. Yeah. So no, you go. EJ Manuel was kind of the default first quarterback taken, but... That said, if you're going to take, you know, use the 16th pick, you can't just abandon after one year the selection. So you got to see if you can make it work. Yeah. Um, so they've got C.J. Spiller, Stevie Johnson, Robert Woods. I think if they get Evans in the fold, you could at least say Manuel has the tools. Uh, now it's time to see if he can capitalize. Yeah. You wonder how much of that is coaching staff too. I guess, from my in my opinion. Who's the coach out there? Doug Marone from yeah. Syracuse? Yeah, probably. Or I don't know what's going on in know. Buffalo. Yeah, who knows? The hinterland. They literally the I think, Jacksonville of the North. They just sit up there, eat buffalo wings, and stare at each other for the better part of the year. And then when football rolls around, they try and figure something out lickety-split. You ever hear, or you ever see Marcel Darius eat buffalo wings? Just no. cleans it right off the Who's bone. Who's Marcel Darius? He was their number three pick a, a couple years ago. Is that, number a thing? Three overall. Is that a thing I need to look up on the internet? Hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL 2012. Watch oh, that. man. Hey, rookie. I should. Uh, 10th pick normally belongs to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> this, there's no way. I've got my 49ers trading up for that pick. There is a way. There is a way. They've got two second-round picks and three third-round picks. Okay. Very few needs, so it would take some doing, but my rationale is this. Detroit has talent, like the superstar talent, in Stafford and Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush and Dominican Sue, but they don't have depth mm-hmm. all over the roster. The 49ers have one of the deepest teams in football, but they've got a glaring need at cornerback. They lost right. Carlos Rogers. They lost Terrell Brown. Chris Culliver keeps hitting people with his car and running away. I thought they picked up Chris Cook. That should take care of all your problems. That did not, <laughs> uh, that did not placate me at all. I know. So I think it will, what it would probably take is either you swap in the first round and two second-rounders or a second- and a third-rounder. But if San Francisco is motivated enough to move up to number 10, they have the ammunition to do it. They've got 11 total picks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Gilbert would be in the rare position with San Francisco to succeed because the front seven is so good, uh, except maybe Alden Smith might be stuck at an airport. Um, (laughs) But I think Justin Gilbert gives them, you know, the athletic corner and a return man. So if you're going to move up for a guy... You want somebody that can kind of fill multiple needs. Yeah. He would check off two big boxes, starting corner and return man, which they've kind of heaped on LaMichael James, who's not been ready for the job. Yeah. Well, they got rid of old Kyle. Yeah. Kyle's been gone. So for that a couple kind of, years. That kind of created a need for them at that return position. I, I, I think it'd be a great, if they, if they were able to finagle their way into that position, I think it'd be a great pick. Um, my concern would be them giving away too much for. I mean, is he? What you got to ask yourself is: Is Justin Gilbert really worth the bevy of picks that you pay to get him? Well, my rationale is this: They've got eleven picks. Right. Eleven picks can't make this roster. Right. It's too talented a roster. So if you gave up a second and a third mm-hmm. and swapped in the first, right, you'd still have you'd have the number ten pick, right. a second rounder, and a third rounder. So in essence, you'd be spending three picks on one guy. Right, but you'd still have your first rounder, your second rounder, and a yeah. third rounder like you would in any other yeah. year, but you'd be getting, if you believe in the guy. Yeah. If you really believe that this can be a starting corner for you now and a guy that impacts the return game, I think it would be worth it. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's tough. I think, you know, it, it, the jump from playing cornerback in college to playing cornerback in 
the NFL is as big of a guessing game as the quarterback position almost. Yeah, it's a hard position to translate. It just doesn't always translate. Or sometimes there's guys that, you know, they were okay in college. They come to the NFL and they play as well as anybody else out there. You never know. So I think, you know, the Lions with the signing of Golden Tate feel like they can trade back and move back a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to WBAD Sports Radio. The day in sports, we've got a few picks left to go, then NHL and NBA playoffs on the other side. Your home for the best sports talk in the nation's capital. WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. Dude, what are you doing? I'm about to snap into one of these beef sticks. Are you kidding, dude? That stuff's filled with like MSG and corn syrup and artificial flavors and colors. even has malodextrin. Wow, malodextrin? Man, that doesn't sound too good. Here, man, why don't you try some red truck beef jerky instead? Wow, dude, that's got beef. Red truck beef jerky. Got beef. If you would like to advertise on WBAD, please send an email to sales at WBAD.net or call 703-951-3448. Are you ready to be crowned Hillbilly of the Year? Then sign up now for Red Truck Event Center's 2014 Hillbilly Games. You will compete in eight Olympic-style events to see who will be crowned Hillbilly of the Year. Get full details at RedTruckEventCenter.com. The Red Truck Event Center is located at 3307 Coles Creek Road, Rocka Mount, Virginia, and is the premier outdoor event center. You can contact them at 443-758-0645. You're listening to the Capital City's Best Sports Talk. WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. the show wbad sports radio this is the day in sports remember to follow us on twitter at tdis underscore humble brag the day in sports.com the day in sports on facebook and on itunes and other stuff coming soon the day in sports jelly beans monogrammed with your own personal initials what a spanking button yes uh we might do some seinfeld trivia later if we have time we're probably not going to i don't know if we're gonna have enough time <laughs> I just don't know if we'll have enough time. Going to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Nice little again? Saturday nice plan. Saturday plan. Um, do one. So we've got a few more teams left. We're doing the, the top 16 of the draft. In other words, the first half. We're mocking the crap out of each other. We are really mocking hard. Don't mock me. Um, and then if we get to it, NBA, NHL stuff, other stuff. Oh, we'll get there. As such. I'll, dra- such. I'll drag your corpse across the finish line at the Boston Marathon if I have to, and we're getting there. That was tasteless. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't tasteless. <laughs> Number 11. Hey, 
Yeah, you just stop. Mm-hmm. Number 11, Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Titans were greater even than the gods. Yeah, they were. Um, Denzel. Yeah. Denzel taught you that. Just by default, I have them taking Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B. Wad. He, he's still there yeah. in my... In my mock draft, he's still he's still alive, still man. hanging out. He's yeah. probably the guy in the green room looking at his cell phone mm-hmm. a bunch. Um, although now they invite like thirty eight people, so it's not as embarrassing as like when Aaron Rodgers fell or oh, Brady Quinn. Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers really made the most of that. Thing, Aaron so. got the last laugh. Brady did not. Brady Quinn. Well, clearly there was a reason he was still sitting there. Yes, they, they let him film three Subway sandwich commercials and then sent him packing. Now he's done. Yep. Um, so I think Bridgewater will come in and. and if he's the pick, replace Jake Locker probably right away. I got a question for you on Jake Locker. Yeah. Kind of feels like he's almost because the Titans are, like, we forget that they exist, kind of like Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, it seems like Jake Locker is kind of getting a pass. And he, he's never proven, I don't think, beyond a reasonable doubt to anybody that he's a franchise-level player, yeah. a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's gotten a pass? Because I feel like other quarterbacks get much, much more scrutiny than right. he does. He's had, I think he's had more um, injury issues than most other quarterbacks that kind of came in in that same class. So maybe it's kind of comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, that might have stunted his development a bit. I just feel like in the time he's had, I've never once seen a play where I was like, that's a guy with the goods. You know what I mean? Plus, like, he's always like, he's always got a dip in, and that concerns me. Does he really? Yeah, he always does. Every time they or he's got like the remnants of the dip that he just spit out, like hanging out in his. That changes uh, my whole approach. They got to stick with him. Yeah, now. hang on to him. They're gonna have to move Bridgewater. Well, I'm gonna have to move Bridgewater down. This isn't the GD ice capades. Come on. But uh, Brett Favre reference. I oh like yeah, that. throwback. Brett Favre. Um, and also, I think you know Ken Wisenhut's the new coach there. New regimes always kind of want their guy, yeah. the quarterback. So I think yeah. Bridgewater fits from that mold. Um, Ken Wisenhunt is a he's a horse of a different color. You never know what that guy's gonna do. I like him. I do, too. I'm a Wizenhunt fan. Cut of his jib. The, the New York Giants are 12th. Mm-hmm. I think the Giants are kind of a mess, Ben Sherman. They are a mess. They, when, when you signed Josh Freeman after, yeah, what, happened, did, after what happened to him last year, you Big know time you've got side. issues. Um, picking up the Vikings garbage scraps, you've uh, you got to really look in the mirror and say, what the heck is going on? Uh, yeah, the Giants, they've got needs everywhere. They've got, they're paying Eli Manning, the interception machine, uh, you know, franchise-caliber money to produce, like, a low-level starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, they're aging in a lot of spots. And yet still, I think the Giants are at their best when, they're pa- when, when they've are when got that, uh, that kind of fierce pass rush from yep. the front four. Yep. So I have them taking Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. Uh, he won every major defensive tackle award in college, so he's productive on the field. Whatever that means. What, Lombardi Award or whatever yeah. that is. I don't know what it is. Cheeseburger Award. The Cheeseburger Award. Mm. Um, he ran a, a four six five forty at 290 pounds, mm-hmm. 35 reps on the bench. So he's got the combine numbers. He had the production in college. The Giants also signed uh, Dominic Rodgers Camardi. They signed Walter Thurman at corner from Seattle. Yep. So I think they did some things to the defense if they could get – Donald in there to play along Jason Pierre-Paul. They'd have the pass rush back. Maybe I'm being optimistic. It'll be interesting. I mean, they've got, I think at this point to date, they signed like 12 or 13 fr- new free agents. Yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, flux. A lot of flux, a lot of turnover, a lot of new faces. Um, Mario Manningham's back. Yeah, he was hiding out in San Francisco for the last two years. That's a thing. So he's back in New York. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean... I've learned never to try and guess what the Giants are going to do because you think they're going to be terrible. They win the Super Bowl. You think they're going to be good. 
uh, Eli goes out there and kind of kicks some flowers and some dirt around and then calls it a day. And even when they are terrible, sometimes they win the Super Bowl because yeah. they're like 9-7. and seven. How did, uh, Tom Coughlin must be really a, a great motivator. He's got something going for him. We've talked about him before. Red-faced. He looks like my grandma. <laughs> like <laughs> your grandmother? We talked about Yeah, my grandma. Uh, we talked about that. I uh, thought I told you that. I think you maybe have. Maybe I blacked it out. Yeah. Really it does. Disturbing. Just like her. Uh, the Rams pick at 13th, so it's their second pick. They had Jake Matthews in my mock on the, uh, with the first pick. I've got Ha Ha Clinton Dix just for the laughs. Just that for was a terrible laughs. joke. I uh, liked it. Uh, free safety from Alabama. I think his name is more the joke than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if they get Dix, uh, they've got the front seven. They're starting to rebuild that offense. We talked a lot about how the Rams are kind of a team on the rise. Mm-hmm. So if they nail their two first-round picks, I really do think that maybe this is a playoff team, maybe even a division winner next year. I would not pick that guy just because his parents dared to name him Haha. Well, his real name is Hashan. Okay. Is that not better? Does that make it better? I would rather call him Hashan than Haha. I think I'd go Haha. <laughs> so if your name's like Potrovich, you should go by Papa or Poo Poo. <laughs> I think Poo Poo is yeah, the correct I, abbreviation. I think we all know where this is going. It's um, going bad. Going nowhere good. I don't know. I, I, St. Louis, I'm not sure that, you know, two picks in the first round, you know, as monumental as that may be, I'm not sure that's going to make or break them either way. Um, I think they'd be lucky to get some talent. Um, but worst case scenario, they get a few players that they can develop, and they're no worse off than they were heading into the postseason. They're well-positioned. I think that's the biggest thing yeah. with the Rams. They don't have a whole lot to lose by, you know, rolling the dice a couple times. The Bears are at 14th. I have them taking uh, Taylor Lewin, uh, offensive tackle from Michigan, kind of the, the third-rated prospect. Some people have him in the upper tier with Matthews and Greg Robinson. Some people think he's kind of a step below, but he's an athletic tackle, kind of a fluid guy that you need to be in, in um, Mark Tressman's system, yeah. which is kind of an up-tempo, pass-based, uh, kind of new for the Bears, but more of an innovative offense. Mark Tressman, product of St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Is he really? Shout out. I really think he did a lot uh, a lot of good with that offense. Yeah. It's hard to prepare for. I, the defense, I don't think, is his fault. I think the Bears are old yeah. on that side of the ball. But Oh, they're, they're old. They, they drafted Kyle Long at guard in the first round last year. He has played well. Mm-hmm. If you add Lewin, Kyle Long, Jermon Bushrod, who they also signed last year, I think yeah. you have the foundation of a good offensive line, mm-hmm. and it had been terrible for so long mm-hmm. there. Um, so, you know, I think the Bears could be on the rise there. And then they've got... Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte, Martellus Bennett. Could the Bears sneakily have the most offensive talent in football, Ben Sherman? No, and you want to know why? Jay Cutler? Exactly. Yeah. This is going to eliminate every excuse Jay Cutler could possibly have, other than his low blood sugar. And I just, I'm not a believer in Jay Cutler. I never have been. Um, I think he is, he's streaky, he's a baby, he's temperamental, and I just... I don't think he's got much of that leadership quality that you'd like for uh, that kind of a talented roster. I'm glad you said it because I feel like if he doesn't make the playoffs with this team, the jury is just completely... It's it's come in. It's come in. It's no longer out. <laughs> what um, What is that? Uh, the chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, Bobby Boucher. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think a quarterback for most teams... Most teams in the NFL have pretty similar talent, and the quarterback is the difference between six or eight or ten wins. Yeah. So Cutler needs to be able to win 10, 10 games with this roster. Cutler can win 10 games, I think. Um, that would be considered a successful season. I think as soon as they roll into the playoffs, they're going to get manhandled by any number of, of NFC teams that are just 
younger, better, faster, stronger, and don't have Jay Cutler behind the helm. And maybe also have a defense. Yeah. Um, the Steelers are at 15th. I have them picking Anthony Barr, who's a Ooh. pass rusher from UCLA. A little bit of a, a drop for Anthony. I think they projected him to go early. Yeah, yeah maybe top 10 guys. So I think it'd be a value for Pittsburgh. And I also think um, when Pittsburgh has been at their best, They've had pass rushers on the outside kind of making that defense go. Yeah. They, uh, James Harrison. They, they re-signed Jason Worlds, who had, I think, 10 sacks for them last year, something like that. So he and Barr would give them the, the bookend pass rushers. Right. The rest of the defense is, is aging. They've got Ike Taylor and Troy Palomalu, still good players. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy, Troy has lost a few steps. Yeah, a step and a half at least. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I still think he's solid, and I think – you know, the offense, they signed Darius hayward Bay, who at least can be a deep threat. Lance Moore is a dr- good... They pulled him out of the garbage. Yeah. Dusted him off. And, and Lance Moore can at least be kind of a, a possession guy for the Steelers. So I think with the right pick, the Steelers can be competitive. I don't see a lot of upside there, though. I don't either. I mean, you wonder what... Ha- they, let, they let Mike Wallace walk down to Miami, which is fine. Um, but you really do start to wonder, you know, if that... that that decision may have worked out poorly for both parties. Not only did it work out poorly for Mike Wallace in Miami, but um, Pittsburgh's offense has kind of lacked something since he left. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, maybe Hayward Bay is the deep threat. Antonio Brown has been playing like a really, really true good. number yeah, one very good receiver. Wide receiver. He just he doesn't has... have anybody behind him. No, so maybe he's got a little help this year with Bring the Bring back additions. Hines Ward, right? How... Yeah, he... straight off dancing with the stars back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is a class act. All the way. Good blocker, too. He really is. No ACLs in his knees, though. I think that's true. May, may have made that up. Um, 16th, Dallas Cowboys. Last pick in our mock draft. dun 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 Thank you, theme music from Ben Sherman. I come up with all my own. Um, that's priceless. Yeah, it is. Timmy Jernigan, D-tackle from Florida State. Uh, I just feel like the Cowboys, they've got the offensive talent. Romo, Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray, um, Jason Witten. They lost Jason Hatcher. They lost to Marcus Ware. So they've got to do something to replace everything that they've lost. Right. I think Jernigan can play a number of spots on the D-line. Probably the most physically talented tackle yeah. in the draft. Um, you know, some some conditioning concerns. Maybe some concerns about fit with the Dallas defense. But they've got to do something. My, my bigger question is, if Romo plays three more years of, like, let's say 500 football, which has basically been his career, mm-hmm. even though he's got... The very good quarterback rating, the good numbers. I know you're a Romo fan. I'm a Romo fan. What's his legacy if he, let's say, doesn't make the play? What has he made the playoffs once or twice in his whole career? His legacy is that he played for a team whose owner thought he was a GM and just screwed the pooch. That's what his legacy would be, in my opinion. Okay. My learned opinion. It's learned. I just feel like no matter what he does, if he doesn't he's got to get advance out of there. in the playoffs, yeah. he's just going to have he's going to be forgotten. He's got to get out of there if this if it doesn't pan if they don't make a significant step forward this year, either he gets out of there or he's going to die in Dallas. And I don't mean like actually die. I mean his career will just turn into a pile of crap. Well said. Well, I mean, I, I would I would say it more explicitly, but you know, there's children <laughs> listening. I'm sure this, at this uh, churchly hour. Let's take a pivot. Do you want to do NBA or you want to go NHL playoffs? Let's go NHL. Okay, I've got questions for you. Okay. One of them is from Taylor Wolf. T-Wolf? Our esteemed, well, he's not a colleague because he doesn't work at the day no. in sports, but he could. He's stayed at my house before. He just hasn't got his application in yet. No. So Taylor Wolf asks or states, yeah. Ben Sherman, yeah. I think you need to chat about the scum 
that goes by the name of Milan Lucic. <laughs> okay. So chat about him. I don't really know how to respond to that. I think that sounds like a very personal, uh, a personal attack. I don't know what's. It's is, always personal on the does, day. Does he have a does he have a, a gripe with him particularly outside of just the fact that he's scum? Well, I don't even know who he plays for or who he's playing against. Milan Lucic. I'm assuming he's playing against the Red Wings. He's playing against the Red Wings. Well, duh, there it is. Um, so Taylor I, Wolf, huge Red Wings fan. Taylor Wolf has never been a big uh, Boston Bruins fan, as it goes. So. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, you don't feel like Milan is Okay, scum? so, so there's a, here's the thing. The whole, the whole Bruins approach, I think, has been to kind of goad the Red Wings into extracurricular activities, which isn't really Detroit's style of play. Um, obviously, with guys like Zidane Ochara, um, Boston is more apt to, to handle Detroit um, in the extracurriculars. And they kind of just want to pick a fight with a smaller guy. Yeah. Um, I think that is bothering Taylor. <laughs> but you don't feel like he's scum. I don't know if I'd call anybody in hockey scum. I'll give him the scum vote. Except I for maybe Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah. Eric, okay. Eric agrees with me on that one. Okay. Uh, ben Sherman, I want to get your opinion on Nate uh, McKinnon. 18-year-old uh, for, uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. Who has been torching the wild. Yes. Uh, he's Until got, last night. He's got a goal and six assists so far in the playoffs. Right. Uh, also, is it Paul Statsny? Statsny, yep. Uh, four goals and three assists. Yep. So that, their the, whole line has produced seven, produced seven goals in two games. Right. Games so, now. so McKinnon and Statsny are the top two point leaders in the NHL playoffs right now, and they're playing against your yeah. Minnesota Wild. Want to get your reaction to the way those two are playing? They were playing really well. I think um, the speed in the let's see their speed in the third period of game one and in the entirety of game two was too much for Minnesota to handle. Um, they got caught flat-footed in the neutral zone far too many times, especially their big players, the guys that are supposed to be able to make a difference there. They just weren't able to to catch up from or slow them down enough to, to give their defense a shot. That being said, uh, last night they put on a defensive clinic as far as how to handle that line um, they went out there and they were very physical with them. I mean, they were pounding these guys from from go all the way to the end of the game, um, and it worked out well for them. They, I, I want to say, um, Colorado finished the game last night with something like twenty two shots on goal to Minnesota's forty seven. That was in the XL, right? That was yeah, that was here. And I, Patrick Waugh attributes the uh, lack of performance from his. Uh, his key players last night to that being their first road playoff game. A lot of these guys, obviously McKinnon and, and some of the other younger guys um, on the team. But that being said, no matter what, whether it's on home ice or not, Minnesota clearly found uh, a way to slow that machine down. Um, there were several power plays where they didn't, they didn't even get a shot on goal. Um, so if they can keep that up, I think it'll be good. Uh I, I picked Nathan McKinnon as probably the rookie of the year, in my opinion. Um, he's just unbelievable. He's really fun to watch, especially, I'm sure, for Avalanche fans. Um, not so much for Wild not fans. Not so much for Wild fans, but uh, a little retribution last night. That was uh, one of the best hockey games I've ever got a chance to watch. So now the Wild are down 2-1 to one, Yeah. Um, after their overtime win. Do you feel good about their chances to advance, or do you feel like they just staved off the inevitable? I don't feel like they staved off the inevitable. I feel like, I mean, basically Colorado did what they should have done in the first two games. If 
if the Wild had been able to hang on in game one, we're not having this conversation. You know, 13 seconds left when you're up, and you're up by a goal and, and you allow the opposing team to score. Let's not get into that. Uh, but at the same time, Colorado did what they were supposed to do. They held home ice through the first two games. Now Minnesota's got to do that and hope to steal one um, from Colorado at home, basically. So you've got a fighting optimism about it. Yeah, that. absolutely. I mean, if they, especially Minnesota is a very good hockey team at home. Let's not uh, kid ourselves here. I think in the last 16 games they went 13-2-1 at home or something like that. Um, Are you going to go to any games? No, it's too expensive. Yeah, and I plus, imagine. if they lost, I'd lose my mind and burn, <laughs> burn some establishment down. <laughs> there would be no more radio There'd show. There would be no. I, yeah, I would, I would be gone. Yeah. Um, but no, so I, I think uh, they've, they've got to keep their, their heads about them. They have to win game four, and they have to go back to Colorado uh, 2-2. The Red Wings and the Bruins are not at a game apiece. Are you surprised by that? No. Okay. Not at all. Uh, Bruins headed into the playoffs as one of the better teams in hockey. Um, but I do think that Detroit is perennially, you know. They're the Red they're, Wings. They're, they're the Red Wings. I mean, I think um, Babcock's a great coach. He's always going to put those guys in a position where they have a chance to win the game and they've got enough veteran players and enough talent on that roster um, to hang with almost any team in, in hockey when they're playing well. Montreal is up 3-0 on, on Tampa Bay, preparing for the sweep. Thoughts on that? The Habs. Nobody saw that one coming. Yeah. Uh, I think it's awesome. You excited I, about it? I am, because anytime a Canadian team does well, as long as it's not against my team, I, I root for them. And Tampa Bay, I, I don't know. I mean, do they really care about hockey in Florida? I guess I'm not sure. I don't think they care about anything. No. The beach. They like the beach. And sharks. They don't like the Marlins. No. So they don't care about their sports teams. Uh, St. Louis is facing the Blackhawks. The Black that has been a really insanely contested yeah, series. Yeah, so the Blackhawks dropped their first two games. Now it's two to one. Uh, is it trouble for the defending champs? <sighs> it very well may be. Um, I thought it's kind of a similar situation for Chicago that it is for Minnesota. Um, I think it's important for them to win on their home ice. I believe last night was their first home game in this series. Um, plus they they showed that, for the most part, they can hang with St. Louis on the road. I mean, they pushed both the first two games to overtime. Um, those are great hockey games. So, I, I mean, you're a, a few plays away from winning two of those games and this being a 3 nothing series. Chicago's always, I mean, they've got, they've got as much finesse and talent as anybody in the league, and they're, they're always going to be in it. I mean, watching them in their pregame warm-ups yesterday, you would have never thought they were down 2 nothing. You would have thought they won the first two games of the series. So... I, I'm not too concerned about them. As an NHL playoff parting shot, I don't think we ever did your Stanley Cup champion pick. No, it's, it's early enough. It's going to be so biased. That we can still do it. Don't pick the Wild. Oh. Pick somebody besides the Wild. Oh. <laughs> um, it's a tough pick. St. Louis is playing really well right now. Um, I, basically, the, the whole Western Conference, I mean, it's going to be like the Wild West, obviously. Um, whoever makes it out of there alive, I think, is going to win. And I'm not sure who that's going to be, to be honest with you. So you don't have a pick. I can go out on a limb and pick Yeah, somebody. give me a limb. I'll go with St. Louis. Okay. Okay. I can accept that. Okay. Now, transition a bit to the NBA playoffs. Transition. Um, I, I don't know if the difference is so, diff, is so significant between the NHL regular season and the playoffs. I don't really think it is. I think oh, it's the, huge. Is the intensity that it's, much different? It's 100 times Okay, more, because, yeah. I mean... In the NBA, it's almost like they're not trying in the regular season. Yeah. And it's a shame because I think 
people like yourself yeah. get so turned off yeah. by the lethargy that is the NBA regular season. Um, and it's just a different world in the playoffs. If you watch like the first Toronto Brooklyn game, which yeah. is not like the sexiest series, but yeah. Toronto had like tens of thousands pe- thousands of people outside the arena. Yeah, not even in the arena. It's the first watching time they made the screen. playoffs in like how many years too? I, yeah, I mean they they've been kind of in and out, but I just didn't I didn't see that coming. Um, so I think as boring as the regular season is in the NBA, the playoffs are that much more exciting. Mm. So I I wish people would watch. One of my remedies is a plan to shorten the NBA regular season. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I, I've got a plan. All right. You want to hear about it? Kind of. Okay. Just a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I think maybe you shorten it to 60 games. Okay. The games would matter a lot more. You get a, a, a better brand of basketball. Um, a better brand of beef makes the butter burger better. Culver's spot. Yep. We should get them as a sponsor. Oh, they fed me. No, they didn't. But I just think if you, if you shorten the games, there's more intensity, less chance for injury. Yeah. And the guys are just playing harder there's there's more that they can put into it you don't have to schedule back-to-back games right so i think overall the brand of the nba improves it'll probably never happen because Mm -hmm. of financial reasons um and then in the playoffs there's too many teams that make it 16 teams make it which means the 37 and 43 hawks or whatever their record is 37 and 45 hawks make the playoffs um so my proposal would be to cut two teams off of the bottom Seed just the top 14 teams in the league, East and West. Okay. And then take, like this year, the bottom two teams from the West and put them over in the East. So you would have Phoenix and Dallas, who are just at the bottom of the top 14 teams. Right, seeding. right outside of the playoffs. And, and, and you would be able to move them over and, and make a more competitive field. So I just think that would be better. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. More Hawks, Pacers, more of the NBA series that we'll get into. WBAD Sports Radio, the day sports. Don't you hate when most energy drinks start you off like this, but then, over the course of time, their effects start lessening, and you end up worse than when you started. But that won't happen with a Bully Bling energy drink. Bully Bling energy drink not only keeps you awake and alert for hours, it also tastes great too! Bully Bling energy drink, all of the, and none of the, you can find us at BullyBlingEnergy.com. I don't know what that means, but you'll get a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher for three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One 
Talk Radio, WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. show wbad sports radio the day in sports uh just to touch on what we were talking about right before the break i want to touch go back me to touch my, me touch me would you stop it sorry i just want to go back to my uh my nba redo the playoffs plan 14 mm-hmm. point plan yeah um 14 point plan it really it just means that there'd be 14 teams that make it instead of 16 um and i would just seed it one through 14 so regardless of conference, and then try to, because I think conferences are important, rivalries are important, so keep the top seeds in each conference together mm-hmm. and just move, like for instance, this year, Phoenix and Dallas over to the east to balance it out, and one team would get a first-round bye. So Wouldn't it be heat, weird if you had two teams in the same conference playing in the championship, though? Well, I mean, look at it this way. Do you think that Phoenix and Dallas, either or, uh, Dallas was a 50-win team. Phoenix was a 48-win team. Would beat Miami or Indiana on the way to the finals. I mean, if they do, I think that they, they have earned the right to get there. And I also think you get a more competitive playoff field. You don't get these first-round series that seem completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I, I got to say, the Hawks did beat the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, God, in game one anyway, in the, the Hawks are a 37-win team going against the Pacers, who are a 56-win team. Um, rumors in Indiana are that chemistry is falling apart, but so I mean, I, you know, I don't think that that is going to make a series. I, I don't think the Hawks are going to advance in the series. I'm just saying, I don't think a team that like Atlanta that wins 37 games or like um, you know some of the bottom teams in the East really deserve to be there when you've got Phoenix that's 48 and 34 in the West and they miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but anything can happen. That was the worst counterpoint of all. Time. I, I I don't really have a counterpoint. I guess <clears throat> I don't know. I think I I think it's a good idea, but I think you know the NBA and most other professional sports um, associations, leagues, what have you. They don't want to mess with the conferences. No, they don't. They like that because um, it's basically it's the merging of of the two two leagues coming together for an, an ultimate championship. Whereas if you have two Western Conference teams playing in the NBA Finals, you've alienated half of your fan base. I just think that, um, well, I disagree with that. Because it's not like people are fans of the East or the Western Conference. They're fans of an individual team. I mean, like, for myself, I would tend, if I cared about the NBA, which I don't. Right. um, I would tend to root for whoever the Western Conference representative in in the NBA Finals was just for the fact that that's the conference that my team is in. Okay. I don't... I don't operate that way. I know. Um, but I'll take your point. I just think that, you know, if you could construct a, a more elite and more competitive playoff field, that would mm-hmm. be for the best. Or if you just quit and shut the NBA down and we all just watched college basketball, we'd be happier. Uh, I do have a counter uh, <laughs> about college basketball. And just that the I think the NBA playoffs are kind of the best of both worlds because in college hoops you look for uh, – or, or you get, you know, the intensity, the defense, the effort, the coaching, all that stuff. But the talent isn't there. You've got guys missing wide open 15-foot jumpers. Love it. 
people don't play above the rim. In the NBA playoffs, you get all the talent. Um, Exhibit A was the was game one between the Clippers and the Warriors. That was a ridiculous game. J.J. Redick was going off. Curry was going off. Um, Blake Griffin got in some foul trouble, but DeAndre Jordan was finishing above the rim. Um, just so much talent on the floor, and they married that talent with, with the playoff intensity. So you got everything that you, got, that you get in college basketball, but you also got talent. Yeah. Uh, so I think at its pinnacle, the NBA is better than college, but... As a whole. Oh, as a whole, college consistently puts out a more watchable product just because the effort is better. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so Clippers actually came back uh, in Game 2 and thumped the Warriors by about 40 points. So it's a split there, but I think just by virtue of the Clippers winning by 40 points, that's kind of a statement. Uh, I think the Clippers have a chance to make a really deep run this year. Mm-hmm. And I just think the Warriors without Andrew Bogut don't quite have the interior strength and grit and size to, to match up with, say, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. Bogut is synonymous with those things. Yes, he is. Grit and t- true grit. Yeah. Um, as much as I like the Warriors, as much fun as it is to watch Curry and Clay Thompson just bombs away from outside, yeah. I think there's a little bit too much of that and not quite enough substance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Clippers, I think it's time for... Chris Paul has never really made a serious run. No. But he's got the team to do it and... You know, he's that pass-first point guard that yeah. so many people want. I think the Clippers really have a chance this year, although the Thunder and Spurs are going to be really tough. I think the Clippers have a chance to make a run, maybe even to the finals. Thunder, uh, not as tough maybe as we thought they were. They are who we thought they were? We are who we thought we saw last year. Last, um, because the Thunder lost, I believe, in the second round last year to the Grizzlies. Right. Where they're playing in the first round now, not, uh, first round this year. Now, the difference is... Uh, last year, they didn't have Russell Westbrook. He right. got injured in the playoffs. Yep. Now they do. Um, I did catch this game, by the way. Which last is, night. Which is weird for me. It was a great game, yeah. wasn't it? I, fl- I was flipping back and forth. But it, let me, just to my point, yeah. wasn't it a lot more watchable, this playoff basketball, than, say, a regular season game? It is. For me, I tend to only really care about the second half of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Outside of that, it's that whole, everything leading up to forth. that. Which I guess you could say about... You know, almost any sport, about almost or, or you know, basketball in general. Yeah. Um. But you know, for that, for the time that I did watch it, I didn't mind it. Yeah, it was it was really high level basketball. It's funny. It's fun to watch because the Grizzlies are kind of an old school team. They pounded inside. Mm-hmm. They've got Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol. Zach Randolph playing grown man basketball. It is grown man basketball. Yeah. Mike Conley at the point who uh, is an improving offensive player, but they don't have kind of that next level type of talent like Westbrook or Durant. Yeah. So the Grizzlies have to rely on defending. They've got Tony Allen, Tayshaun Prince. Um, Tayshaun Prince of... is still alive. Oh, he's still oh, alive. He's getting like 20 minutes a game, which know, is a problem. I was, I was just being sarcastic. Um, he's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh, God. He's been a lot, he's been around since the early Pistons days of, of making runs with like Ben Wallace yeah. and Rasheed Wallace. Joe Dumars. Uh, not, not <laughs> just days. kidding. That was um, a good one. Been a roadblock to any productive conversation. Yeah, always. Uh, but I, I just feel like uh, the Thunder are the most fun team to watch. Like, if you're just watching for entertainment, you've got Ibaka blocking shots. Yeah. You've got Durant scoring in myriad ways. You've got Westbrook on the break. And he's, and he's actually come back around kind of now that he's been playing enough since uh, coming back from his injury. I, I think he's kind of in the groove again and, and looks like he did before he got hurt. Yeah, I think Westbrook, when he's in the open court, is as destructive as any player in the league mm-hmm. just because he's so quick, he's so strong. Uh, I think maybe only next to LeBron uh, in terms of being a threat in the open court. So 
The Thunder can attack you in so many different ways. That said, the Grizzlies have done a good job of slowing them down, playing in the half court. Marc Gasol has got all these old man at the Y moves. Yeah, he does. He's hook-shotting it. He's drop-stepping it. He's bank-shotting it. He's, he's doing it all. Swinging his head around. And he's slow. He's got the beard. It just yeah. looks like he's that guy with goggles at yeah. the YMCA. I love it. Playing in the 50 and over league. As he should, and dominating. He really is. I mean, he only scored, I don't know, maybe 16 points in the last game, but yeah. he passes well. He just kind of does, he makes the right decision every time yeah. down the court. Methodical. Methodical. That's exactly right. And that's the perfect way to describe, I think, the Grizzlies as a whole. And so I think ultimately the Thunder are going to take this in, in five or six. Um, that being said, but so I'll, I'll, I'll take the Thunder in five or six games, but I think the Grizzlies are going to make it competitive. The Grizz and defensively, I think. Um, Memphis is not a pushover. I mean, they're going to make um, they're going to make Oklahoma City earn everything that they get. Speaking of earning, earn it. We're going to pay some bills here. Earn it. We're going to talk FanDuel. All right. Are you ready to talk FanDuel.com? I am a big FanDuel fan. Football season is coming, folks. Not soon enough, but it is coming. And if you're into fantasy football, like the day in sports is, you'll want to hear this. There is a guy in Detroit, 26 years old. Big into fantasy football who won over $539,000. He's playing in these new daily leagues at FanDuel.com. Now, you can pick a new team every day and get immediate cash payouts. This is the hottest thing in fantasy football right now, so just go to FanDuel.com. There's no season-long commitment. There's brand-new contests every single day. FanDuel is going to pay out over $50 million in winnings this year, so we want you to go there now and get your share. Now, right now... FanDuel is giving WBAD Sports Radio listeners a 100% matching deposit at sign-up. So here's what you do. Just go to FanDuel.com, click the yellow box in the top right-hand corner of your screen, enter the promo code WBAD, and you are off to the races. That's FanDuel.com, upper right-hand corner, and enter promo code WBAD. As in we bad. That is the end of the read. Now, We've got a couple more news and notes here. Uh, did you, by any chance, see the Blazers-Rockets game? Oh, it was, it was important to me, but I yeah, didn't watch didn't see. it. Yeah. Now, I find it interesting that you're so willing to cast aspersions on oh, the NBA. I have to. When nobody is watching the NHL. I know. It's because people are stupid. Although, I did take, this was, I thought this was interesting, kind of regional bias. I was looking at ESPN, like, Milwaukee today. Yeah. The middle of the, and, they, and it asked, what are you more interested in, NHL or NBA playoffs? Yeah. Like, 70% NHL. But if you look in, like, California, New York, Texas, where the major metro areas, yeah. it's NBA. I would, if I lived in a town where the Bucks played, I would choose the NHL, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, there is no NBA playoffs in Milwaukee. Bucks. Same for the old mini, mini Timberwolves. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, Brick, oh, I wanted to get your... That's, I'm glad you said that. I oh, wanted to get your... He's trying to poke the bear. Here. No, I just wanted to get your reaction on Rick Adelman retiring. A thousand... Uh, the Timberwolves coach was the coach. Yeah. 1,042 wins, eighth all-time. Mm-hmm. Um, only the Timberwolves could have sent him off like that. Then quickly, very quickly, your thoughts, and then we're out of here. Great coach, bad team. Uh, shouldn't have came here in the first place. Wish him well. Sorry that he had to end it here. Quite a moratorium. This has been the day in sports. Thank you for listening to WBAD Sports Radio. For Ben Sherman, I'm Adam Hocking, and we are out of here. Peace!